Hey friends, it's Jamie and this is The Real Mom Podcast. And well, I am pretty excited to share this episode with you because I am basically fangirling right now. Today, I talk to Jeannie Cunyon, who is one of my favorite authors. She is also the mom to a whole brood of boys, including a 24-year-old adopted son who came home to their family two years ago. And we talk a little bit about family and parenting and a whole lot about what it looks like to access the power of the Holy Spirit to do this hard work that we're doing. We uh, chat through her book, Don't Miss Out, which is my new favorite book. I'm reading it each morning. I read it this morning. And it is about the Holy Spirit, and it is about the person of the Holy Spirit being with us as our comforter and our helper and our advocate through this journey. It kind of demystifies and and makes it less spooky and theologically wacky. And this book has been a gift to me, and our conversation today was a gift to me, an encouragement and inspiring, and I know it's going to be to you as well. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Jeannie Cunyon. Hey, Jeannie, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm so excited to join you today. Me too. I love you. (laughs) Oh, I love you. Thank you. That's so kind. So here we are at 10 a.m. And I was already with you today because you are my morning reading. After I read my Bible, I open up my Don't Miss Out. And that has been my morning sort of along with my devotions reading. And so we're we're friends, whether oh, you're my friend or not. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm your friend because I follow along in your stories and your beautiful life and the way you pour yourself out for Jesus. So I feel like I know you too, even though I'm not starting my morning reading your book, I'm following along with your family on Instagram. Oh, thanks. I'm so excited to have this conversation because you have served my family. This is our first time chatting, and yet you've been a blessing to us. So I just want to start off before I start jumping into your book and we start jumping into content and and really like I just want to learn from you and ask questions. <laughs> I would love to start off with just you introducing your family to us. Okay. So my husband's name is Mike and we have five boys. Our boys range from five to 24. So we have a little guy who just graduated from preschool. It was our grand finale preschool graduation. And then we have a 11 year old, a 14 year old, a 16 year old. And then we have a 24 year old son. His name is Andre. He's from Haiti. He grew up in an orphanage in Haiti called Danita's Children's Home. And he joined our family two years ago. And he has just been such a gift to us. So, yeah, five boys. Crazy. I joke that my, I know, I joke that, well, you get it. I mean, you understand the beautiful chaos, but I joke that my hobbies are grocery shopping and praying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They never stop eating and they need a whole lot of prayer. Those are my hobbies. And then I have a male dog too. His name is Buddy. So that's us. Um, (laughs) You are majorly outnumbered. (laughs) Super. In fact, I said to the boys, I was like, I kind of want another one. And they're like, mom, there's so many of us already. (laughs) That's amazing. But I was so drawn to you when we got connected on Instagram because I do have a master's in social work. I was an adoption counselor 
I worked as both a birth mother counselor. I worked as an adoption for like serving families doing the home studies. And then I worked for the National Council for Adoption for three years doing adoption advocacy and training and helped launch a foster care program in Atlanta a long time ago through Bethany Christian Services. So I'm so grateful for what you do. And it's just adoption and foster care. It has been impressed on my heart by God since I was in my teens. And so I'm grateful that we get to live it out now with our son, Andre, and hopefully more yeah. and more children from the orphanage in the years to come. But whether it's domestic or international, you know, I just, I love what you do and how you serve God by, and you know, it's like we do that they give far more than we receive. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy. Like people think we just say that, but the truth is Andre has given yeah, us yeah. so much more than we have given him. And maybe you could say, you know, he would say the same thing. We've given him more, but the truth is he has been such a blessing to our family. And I don't mean to make it seem like it's all rainbows and Skittles because you know it's sure, not. Sure. Right? Anyone who's listening to this knows that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That it's not rainbows and Skittles, but man, the, the beautiful adventure of living out the gospel and just knowing yeah. what it means to to love the orphan and the widow and to just know that kind of love is, it's supernatural. It's otherworldly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was just saying to my husband last night, I know this sounds cliche because, well, backstory a little bit. We just welcomed 12-year-old foster daughter on Friday. So we're like five days into this new placement and have primarily cared for younger children, five and under until now. So this is a big jump for us. And I said to my husband, I know this sounds cliche. I know I sound like a commercial right now, but the word that I keep thinking is rewarding. Like this is so rewarding. It just feels like each day, like this is gospel work. Mm -hmm. This is eternal. This is life-changing for us and for her. And it's such a beautiful experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And and it's, and we had a foster daughter before Andre joined our family and, and that was, that was heartbreaking. It was devastating. She was a sophomore and actually rising junior in high school. And we walked through some really, really hard things with her and didn't yeah. see like this beautiful ending and outcome. And mm. so again, I know that, but it was still rewarding. It was still a yeah, gift exactly. for us to be able to demonstrate and model for her what it looks like to be broken people who follow and love Jesus and fall on his yeah. grace and mercy every day. Yeah, and we yeah. never know the seeds that we planted. And I hope one day we'll get to know, but I just can't imagine living any other way. You know, just, to, I just want to be like poured out, you know, like used up, <laughs> you know, just exactly. take it all. I want to live the adventure of following Jesus and, and living right. like and lived. Sacrificial for the good of others. And yeah, I love you know, the passage that talks about reaping and sowing, Mm -hmm. we think like, okay, you reap and then you sow. And this is just this, but it's do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time. So here you have this and you're like, wow, we didn't like reap here. Mm -hmm. Like it almost looks like she was in our home. We did this work. We jumped in like, God, you promise we reap and then sow. And, but we we can't grow weary because it's the proper time, which isn't our time. Isn't and it's our not time. our timeline. And it isn't with our birth children either, right? I mean, I can yeah, know, yeah. Uh, you know, there can be such discouragement with the children that we birth in terms of like, well, Lord, I I, I planted the seeds and you watered and where's the fruit? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I promised to complete this on the day that Jesus Christ returns. You know, sure, I didn't promise sure. to complete it by high school. I didn't promise to complete it by college. I didn't promise to complete it. We're all just such a work in progress. And you're right, that that encouragement to not grow weary. And boy, does the Holy Spirit play a significant role in that because if I didn't have him strengthening me, it would look a lot different. 
Hmm. All right. Well, let's jump into that then, because I get that question all the time of just like, yeah, but how, how do you do this? And how do you say goodbye? And how do you wake up and do it again the next day when you know you're going to face the same behaviors and struggles? And, and there are practical answers to that. I mean, you're a social worker by trade. Like, I am in this life. We know that like, yeah, you need trauma education. You need those tools and you need therapy for yourself and your book and just the truth in God's word that your book is just pulling out and making so accessible to me in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this truth is there and I, I know it's there. I've read it before, but it's just the reality that yes, we have these tools, but we are dependent on the Holy Spirit for each day. So tell me a little bit about the journey of writing this book, because I think you're a self-proclaimed, not like, yes, I am the person who should be writing this book mm-hmm. on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I am what not. What has the journey been? Yeah I, yeah, I really resisted writing this book because I felt so inadequate, so unqualified. And yet ultimately I couldn't not write it because God was using it in such a powerful way in my life, revealing so much about the Holy Spirit that I had neglected and forfeited. And then I began to have conversations with other friends who follow Jesus and love Jesus and realized they don't know all of this about the Holy Spirit too, where we just don't know. I think that's how it is for a lot of Christians. We just don't know how incredibly essential and valuable this priceless treasure is, this gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of us and all that he's intended to do. And so as that began to change my life and I discovered that women I do life with were also feeling like they didn't fully appreciate or understand the role and scope of the Holy Spirit's work, I knew that I had to write Don't Miss Out because I was missing out and women I do life with were missing out. And and that was as somebody who has been following Jesus since I was eight years old. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I was raised as a preacher's kid in a church that practiced the gifts of the Spirit. So this was not new news to me, but I think I did what a lot of Christians do and I put the Holy Spirit in a spiritual gifts box. And so he was very much for the gifts of the spirit, but I Mm. did not understand or value the daily companionship, the daily empowering and equipping and strengthening, and just the unbelievably vast role of the Holy Spirit. I joked when I started writing the book, I said, I don't know, maybe I'll get like a pamphlet or a booklet out of this. Like, I don't know how much how much there is for me to yeah, write. Yeah, like what could be said here? Not right, that like much. how much can be said, right? <laughs> right. And at the end, we had to cut 25,000 words that oh ultimately gosh. are now in a Bible study that comes out in December about parenting and the power of the oh, Holy Spirit. Yay. Yay. Because, I am going to be your first customer. All there. right. Come on. <laughs> because there, I was just like, I, it's like that emoji where you're like, you write that, like the mind. Sure, sure, sure. That was happening to me every day that I sat down and opened the word and opened books written by theologians who are much smarter than me and started studying and writing. It was like, oh my gosh. What is happening? How have I missed all of this for so long? How did Mm. I not know? How have I read the Gospel of John a trillion times and somehow never realized that Jesus said in John 16 that it is for our good that he returns to the Father so that the Holy Spirit would come? And then I read other translations and it says, it is to your advantage, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. It is for your 
benefit that I go away. And my response was much like the disciples, right? But the Bible says that they were filled with sorrow because they were like, mm. no, 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 Jesus. How could it be better that you leave? Like we want yeah. you, we want you not just quote unquote, just your spirit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's how a lot of us respond because we don't grasp the magnitude of what the spirit wants to do. And by the way, the spirit is Jesus because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. He is the spirit of Christ. So the disciples were no longer going to be dependent on his physical presence. They were now going to have him and his power inside of them, right? In and that's them, in not them. just and with them. Right? Yes, in them. And and that's what we have today. I was writing an article this morning and just kind of letting that land on me all over again, that the same yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that empowered the disciples. Mm is the same Holy Spirit that empowers you and me and everybody who's listening, who's put their trust in Jesus. So back to your question, Jamie, how do you do what you do? It's because the same Holy Spirit that empowered Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and gives you the strength and the hope and the endurance yeah. and the perseverance and the love to do what you do. It is supernatural. Yes. And we don't do it in our own strength and we can't do it in our own wisdom, but he provides all of that for us. It is a supernatural endeavor. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. And I so resonate with with that John 16 and reading that and going, oh my goodness, I think, well, if Jesus were beside me, mm-hmm. I would be better off. Like even just the, what would Jesus do? And like that whole idea of like, well, yeah, if Jesus were here, I might talk to my kids differently, or I might like feel like my love for him comes easier. And and to read that Jesus says it's even better. It's better because he's in us. And I think that that has been the main takeaway I've had from your book is the reminder over and over that the Holy Spirit isn't this force and isn't just this like source of power and gifts and all that, but is a person. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the person, the third person of the Trinity, and he is in me. Mm -hmm. And that has been each morning, just when I read that person, capital P person, I'm like, yes, this is, God is in me. God is not just with me. He is in me. And this morning I was reading about the empowering so not mm. empowering, but yes. empowering. He's yes. in me and the power comes from him. And how often, if I actually articulated it, I would think like, well, yeah, if Jesus was here next to me, life would be better. I would love him more. I would live for him more. And yet not only is God the person, the Holy Spirit with me, but also in me. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. The power that comes from believing that and living that way. And I love you do a great job at that too. Like this is all here. Like the Holy Spirit is here, whether we're giving him credit or not. Mm -hmm. But just like the truth of the gospel is there, whether we are applying it to our hearts and lives or not, just like all of these things that we, yes, they're there for us and he's provided them. But the power that comes from acknowledging that and believing it and remembering it, it has been really powerful. It's been such a beautiful experience to remember Mm. that God is in me each day. And it it has created a shift in my thinking, in my heart, in my parenting that I've been really grateful for. So thank you for your effort because it's been a gift to me. I'm so grateful. 
It's incredible. I just, that's what he's doing in the lives of his daughters as we remember who lives inside of us. It's like, it's, it's the best. This is the good stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So I love Francis Chan's book, Forgotten The God. Forgotten God. Yeah. Yes. And where he references the Holy Spirit as like the crazy uncle. Yeah. That like you don't <laughs> want to. So is there any part of you that without getting too specific and throwing anyone under the bus or making anyone feel uncomfortable that was there any part of you that felt like, Oh, I don't want to be tagged as this like crazy Holy spirit person, or I don't want people to get confused about what I actually believe or what I'm trying to say. Like on one hand, we're talking about God. This shouldn't be like sticky. On the other hand, it's a little sticky. It's super sticky. And a hundred percent, I was like, whoa, all right. I like having friends and I might lose yeah, a lot yeah. of friends. <laughs> like it's one of the last chapters in the book. I actually open it by saying I could have just as easily entitled this book, how to lose friends and not make new ones <laughs> or how to kill a conversation at a cocktail party because, oh, so good. because it is sticky. It's controversial, but it can't be. It shouldn't be. He's so... Yeah. God. Nor- he's so normal. He's so right, likable. Right, right. He's not natural. He's supernatural, but he is normal. Right. He's not weird. And yet there is there is this assumption. Okay. Like I'll give you an example. I took my own book on a plane the other day because I had to write some articles. So I was flipping through Don't Miss Out to like kind of think about which which part. Sure. And even I found myself as the person yeah. who wrote it thinking, <laughs> what is the person sitting next to me thinking right now? Right? Yeah. And because it is so, he has been so abused and his mm. name has been so misused. And, mm. and I tell this story in the book, I don't know if you've gotten to the chapter yet, where I was going to speak at a women's conference and I jumped on the phone with the conference coordinator a couple of weeks before just to kind of hash out some details. I and did. She, okay. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, okay, just by the way, also, this is like, we want this to be seeker friendly. So just to be really clear, like you can talk, and this is before I was writing about the Holy Spirit. You can talk about God. Of course, you know, you can like, Jesus is good too. That makes people a little more uncomfortable, but Jesus, but like, if you could not you know, like talk about the Holy Spirit, cause that makes people really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but, but. Yeah. But, but he's the power that he's the power that changes us. So like if I right, talk right. about the way God sent his son to rescue us, but then I don't talk about how he sent his spirit to empower us, then you send off a group, you commission a group of women to live in freedom without the power of Christ. Like we mm, can't do that. Right. And so yeah, I don't want to say it's one of the reasons I fought it because it actually wasn't. I think along, you know, God graciously freed me from being enslaved to people's opinions a while back. But it was one of those things where I was like, how do I write a book that depicts how irresistible he is? Hmm. That's what it was for me because That's so good, I found Jimmy. him to be so irresistible. And I thought the only way for us to strip off all of these stigmas and unpack all of this baggage is to get to know him for who he really is. That's, that's, that's really what good. It's going to take. Like somebody said, how do you right. think churches can begin to introduce the Holy Spirit? And I said, get to know him for who he really is. Because right. And let's not focus him, on who he's not. Exactly. Not just, this is what it shouldn't look like. And this is what he isn't. And this is how he's abused and, and misspoken of, but who he actually is. Yes. Get to know him for who he is, who Jesus said he is, for who you find him to be for the disciples in the Bible. And so this is a great analogy. 
that helped me was, you know, you, you see somebody, right. And you, maybe they run in the same group as you, but you don't like maybe somebody in your church, right. But you've never met them. You've heard things about them. Maybe you've, you know, observed them from far away, but you've never actually met them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have all these ideas about who they are in your head. And those might be incredible ideas. You might think this woman's like superwoman and amazing. And and then you get to know her and you realize she's super normal and likable and accessible or whatever. But you have assumptions. But then one day she's like, hey, let's go. Can we go have coffee? And you're like, okay, sure. And then you walk away from coffee and you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I totally get her. She's so like, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. so related. Yeah. That's it's like it's like that with the Holy Spirit. Like we have all these assumptions about him, they maybe based on what we've seen or heard. But then if you'll just get to know him, if you'll welcome the friend who lives inside you and who wants to be your companion and your champion, you will discover how likable he is and you will long to be in deeper and greater intimacy with him. You just will because that's who he is. Hmm. Yeah. And that's what your book, I think, does. You know, good Christian books just point to God over and over, point to what he says about himself. Mm-hmm. There's no, on one hand, no new deep revelations of things that I've never read before. It's this friendly, hey, each morning, I'm going to remind you who God says he is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind you who the Holy Spirit introduces himself as. And that's a gift. And that's what good theology does for us. It just takes his words and and brings them to us in a way that a distracted, busy mom with six kids running around can like, oh yeah, I'm not fighting to find this mm-hmm. in scripture. You're kind of serving it to me on a platter. And so I'm grateful for that. Thank you. That's amazing. So I might be hitting into what you said, the Bible study is coming out and you're going to be talking more specifically about parenting and that. But because most of the people who are listening to this are foster adoptive, certainly moms, give me, you know, take your entire book and (laughs) give me like one, this is what it looks like for me as a mom to apply or remember some truth about the Holy Spirit in real life. Hmm. So one of those things for me, one of the ways that getting to know the Holy Spirit has changed my parenting is a lot about what you mentioned earlier. It's not only remembering that God lives in me, it's reminding my kids that God lives in them. And so it's changed the way I pray for them in the morning. You know, when I drive everybody, I drop off the middle schoolers, and then I drop off the high schooler, and then I drop off the preschooler, and we pray in the car in the morning. And it's changed how I pray for them because my prayers are very much now about, Lord, remind my boys that you live inside of them, that the power of God is inside of them. So whatever they face today, whatever temptation comes in front of my teenage boys, whatever trial, whatever anxiety, whatever depression, whatever they are going through, remind them that the spirit of God lives inside of them, that they do not fight Hmm. their battles alone, that they are not They are not walking into that school building or into that situation alone, but you give them everything they need if they will yield to your presence and your authority in their life. So it just, it's increased my, the way I cry out on their behalf and really wanting them to embrace that, you know, deepen their knowledge that, because I'll tell you this, I don't know if you grew up with this verse, you know, it was kind of, it's, I think it's one of the memory verses that a lot of churches have youth memorized. And it's about your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Sure. Right. And so, but for me, that verse was much more about purity. That verse was often yeah. taught and taught Like about, how you eat and how you, and purity and taking yes. care of your body. Yes. Right? 
and sexuality and all of those things, which sure. is which is not wrong. It's great. Sure, but, sure. But what it didn't teach me, it didn't remind me that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning God's spirit is in me and everything that is his is mine because That's he lives good. inside of me and he wants to manifest himself completely through me. And so that's a different lens through which to think about that verse and, and empower our kids. So yeah. I even think as, you know, foster parents, as you have to, you know, as your children, you know, if they're leaving or going to a new situation that you can encourage them and, and remind them that God is with them and in them. And now let me ask you this. So to play devil's advocate, as I have six kids in my home, yeah. I would say one of them yes, has I the Holy it. Spirit in them. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. So I have five little no Holy Spirit in them because they are loving their sin and not surrendering to Jesus and they are not yet experienced. I'm glad you brought that child. up. I'm glad you brought that up because we, we do weave that into the Bible study a lot, which is it's a way oh, good, cool. to lovingly encourage your kids. This is why we need Jesus. Sure. This is why God sent his son. So right. there's no guilt and shame in that. It's like the battle you're fighting, God wants to help you fight that. The sin that is owning you, enslaving you, whatever language you use based on whatever age they are, this is why God sent his son yeah. to save you, to rescue you. And he wants to put his spirit inside of you to give you what you need. You don't have to fight this in your own strength. You don't have to, you don't have to be overcome by these sins or these things that make you feel shamed and guilty and low. And so it's just another way to say, this is why God did what he did. He sent his son that to save you so and he gave his spirit to empower you. And you can live a victorious life if you'll just surrender to what he wants to give you freely. So yeah. So I'm having a moment right now, and this is why I'm grateful for you and this book and your voice, because I have these conversations with my kids all the time about how you need Jesus. Mm -hmm. You need Jesus. You are, you know, and I have never used those words mm -hmm. that God wants to put his spirit in you. God wants to be in you. He wants to be with you always, comforting you and bringing to light his word to your heart. And for me, my parenting has been limited to the gospel will save you. You need Jesus to save you from your sins mm -hmm. and not almost like enticing them, you know, mm -hmm. just like in awe of all that God is. He's not just Lord and he's not just Savior, just in yeah, quotes I hear as you. if yeah. that's not enough. Yeah, right. But he is also the Holy Spirit who can be your comforter. He can be, and all of the beautiful truths that we know that he can be. I don't know that I've ever brought it to them in this like inviting, beautiful way. And I'm having a moment and I'm grateful for that. that. Yeah, right. Because he's our helper, right? So you look at when Jesus right. said, I'm sending another helper and the original word is parakletos and it's it's so full of meaning, it can't be translated into what just one word, right? So Jesus is saying, I want to send a helper, a strengthener, an advocate. I want some, he's going to advocate for you. He's going to champion you. Those words yeah. for our kids, God wants to champion. He sent the Holy Spirit to champion the gifts he stored inside of you. So daughter, son, God has give, uniquely gifted you 
your one beautiful life uniquely gifted you. And he has given you his spirit to champion what he has stored inside of you. So you can settle for this over here. You can settle sure, for that, sure. right? Or yeah. you can rise up and walk in the authority and the power of the God who rescued you. It's a very empowering yes. message for our kids, right? Because right? you're right. I do the same. Jamie, I resonate with that. I'm very much about, you know, son, that's why you need Jesus, right? That's why, because right. I have I have children who have put their trust in Jesus, but they're living with him as their savior, but not as their Lord in many ways right now, right? And so for me, it's, buddy, you're fighting that in your own strength. And yet God mm. is... This his spirit is in you, but you are forfeiting that power by choosing to ignore the Holy Spirit in you and to choose your flesh over the spirit. So yeah, it's such an empowering message for our kids. And, yeah. and another sweet way that we can really encourage them, at least for the ones who have put their trust in Jesus, is you know, when they do sin, when they do choose to allow the flesh to win. I just say to them oftentimes, you know, when you chose to lie to me or when you chose to look at that thing you shouldn't have looked at, was there anything inside of you mm, mm-hmm. that was that saying, feeling, that, that feeling, right. saying, tell mom the truth or don't look at that thing that's being put in front of you, you know, and just helping them identify where the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. That's the Holy Spirit. He's trying to turn you toward life and away from death. He's trying to turn you that's good. toward what's good and away from what the devil is using to destroy you. That's good. Let's learn to tune in to his voice. And that was the Holy Spirit. That wasn't just your gut. Right. That was the Holy Spirit. And so let's like learn his voice so that we learn to listen to it. Yeah. And he is wooing the children who haven't put their trust in Jesus. He's wooing them. I mean, that is one of sure. the one of that's one of the beautiful roles of the Holy Spirit that I really didn't appreciate or value until I wrote mm. this book and did my study was just the very fact that I have put my trust in Jesus. I should thank the Holy Spirit for that. Yeah. He's, yep. he's the one who opens the eyes of our hearts to Jesus. He's the one who makes Jesus beautiful to us. And so helping our kids identify that, you know, the Holy Spirit is wooing you to Jesus. He is drawing you, but you have to, you know, you have to play, you play a role in that, right? So he's at work in all of us just in different ways, whether he's he's in us or he's he's longing to woo us toward Jesus so that he can take up residence inside of us. That's good. All right. I want to ask you one last question before we move on to our last bit you bet. that is specific to our community. So we talk a lot in foster care and adoption about calling. Mm-hmm. And calling, I think, sometimes is just what our lives are meant to be. And sometimes there's this idea of like, I'm asking God to either speak to me, show clarity, lead me into, basically lead me into a yes, or give me discernment for this difficult thing. I'm thinking more specifically, so many foster parents waiting or even becoming a foster parent praying, like, am I supposed to say yes? God, speak to me. Should we say yes to this placement? God, speak to me. Yeah, that's good. What what does it look like to, or do you have any direction for this, like, walking through life with all of these questions and what does God have for me? And accessing the Holy Spirit in this journey. Yeah. Like you said yes to, how old was he when he came home to you? 22. Yeah. So there's a good amount of faith there. Yeah. A good amount of we feel led to do this, even if it's just what it looked like specifically for you to feel led to such a supernatural yes. Yeah. So there's two chapters in the book. One is he communicates with us. And the other one is he communicates through us. So I unpack in those chapters, what does it mean that the Holy Spirit 
that God communicates with us through the Holy Spirit? And then what does it mean that God communicates through us, that he actually can speak through us to our children, to our friends, to our spouse, that he gives us words of wisdom to share that are in alignment with the word of God? And so for me, a big part of that is peace. And that sounds so cliche, but it's true. Do I have the peace of God in this decision? And it's also partly, it's also also very much about knowing that you are, your hope is in him, your trust is in him. And so you're trusting him to guide you, right? Like you Mm -hmm. just keep taking that one next step and saying, Lord, yeah, I'm going to follow it, but you close these doors. You, you shut this down. You like, we could look back on our foster care situation with the, the young woman and people say, did you regret that? Do you feel like you got that wrong or heard God wrong? Mm. Because it ended up being so hard on our family. And I said, I don't know, Mike and I both had peace. That's all I know. I had peace and, and God never said it wouldn't be messy, that it wouldn't be complicated, yeah. that it wouldn't yeah, be exactly. hard, that we wouldn't right. suffer. Like that's just part of the deal. And so we had peace. And so and let's just say like you thought you heard him and maybe you heard him wrong. Like he's provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He provides even when we think we heard him one way and maybe we got it wrong. Like there isn't any situation he can't redeem, that he can't, that he can't restore, that he can't bring back to order. And so I would encourage all of us, and I'm speaking to myself, to pray for wisdom. Yeah. Because he wants to give us wisdom. And and when you have that thought that, you know, this happens to me a lot where I'm like, that wasn't my thought. That was God. That was the Holy Spirit. Like I've been praying, I've been seeking, and this thought just went through my mind or this assurance just landed on my heart. And I just know that's the Holy Spirit. Sure. Yeah. So I do, but I believe he very much wants to interact in our daily decisions. Those, even those things that feel mundane, that he is present and working, but the more you'll get to know him, the more you'll know his voice. That's really Mm. important. Like Mm. you can't know the voice of somebody you don't know. So getting to know him, welcoming his work in your life, it just becomes that kind of natural. It's a dance and it does become more natural. Right. Where do we get to know him? We get to know him in his word. So his voice will sound like his word. Amen. And so when we're hearing things that don't sound like the word of God, then that is our that is our red flag. He's going to speak to us the way his his word does and often even specifically through his word. Amen. Like he'll bring a we verse. Know, when to a memory. verse Right. When a verse comes to mind, that is not your your memorization skills from childhood. That is the Holy Spirit doing that. And I love what you're saying that like the stepping forward and trusting, like it's not in every specific decision, what is my next step? How is God directing me? It's in my whole life, I am seeking to submit to God's will. And I'm trusting that I'm moving forward in the yes. And then maybe his voice looks more like a no sometimes because it's just, I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm trusting him just for everything, not this one specific yes, no decision. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm really grateful. All right, we need to switch gears. We are busy moms. (laughs) with life. And so we're going to run through this lightning round. All right. I want to know, Jeannie, what are you doing, eating, reading, watching, listening to? So what are you doing? What's the hobby right now? Oh, the hobby. 
or <laughs> ministry. I mean, you're doing lots of podcasts, promoting your book, all that. Yeah. I just finished writing the Bible study, actually. I submitted my final edits on Tuesday, which felt amazing. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, so that's huge. I am about to be doing resting. It's going to be a summer nice. of kind of filling back up and recovery and being present, so more good. present to my family because it's been, there's a time and a season for everything. And it has been a, sure, t- sure. a season to, to produce and push. And now it's, going to be a summer of hopefully a lot of rest and just filling back up. That's good. All right. What are you eating? What am I eating? I am eating <laughs> all kinds of things. I'm eating gluten-free pretzels. I'm celiac. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so I'm just so uninteresting. I'm eating gluten-free pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You do you. That is a, a totally respectable answer. <laughs> uh, I have them in my car. I have them in my kitchen. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I need right, better what are you reading. I'm reading. So I'm reading. I'm almost finished with my. So my, my older sister is an author too. She writes women's fi- historical fiction, and her latest book was called Surviving Savannah, and it is so so good. So Aww. I'm just. I don't actually don't read a ton of fiction. I love. Well, whatever. I'm reading Surviving Savannah. There must have been something like in the water in your house. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that- that you're both authors. Yeah. She's been writing. She, I think this is like her 16th book. She wrote Becoming Mrs. Lewis. I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but it's the love story of C.S. Lewis and Joy Davidman. And it's by, literally oh my the, goodness. It's my favorite book I've ever read in my life. Oh my goodness. In terms of fiction I books. I love C.S. Lewis. Yeah. So it's their love story. So all oh the conversations goodness. have really been based on kind of her death and his grief in that. Yeah. Yeah. But my sister was asking the question, well, what about how they fell in love? What's that story? And she wrote oh this. Oh my. It won the Christmas book award last year. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's called Becoming Mrs. Lewis. It'll right, undo you my list. back together. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. I read Grief Unobserved or Grief Observed <laughs> last year. Yes. And so I feel like I have a small little like picture into their marriage. So you will I would love, love it. You will that. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are you watching? The only thing that's on my, in my house ever is sports. It's just always sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm you just have to like surrender at one I'm point. Surrendered. <laughs> I have fully embraced it. So yeah, it's always sports, all the time. Golf, basketball, all always. And I that love it. I love so football. Funny. I'm a big football fan. So yeah. All right. And what are you listening to? Maverick City Music. I can't stop. Won't stop. Yes. Their me latest too. album is so good. It's just on repeat right now. Agreed. We're twinsies there. I agree. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Oh, Jeannie, I could talk to you forever because I wanted to hear about your experience as a social worker and I wanted to hear more about your story with your son and growing up with well, raising let's do boys this again. And, let's let's do yeah, this exactly. again when the Bible study comes out. Let's talk all all of all right, those things. Sweet. That would be great. But really, I wanted to pick your brain on this book and just hear your heart because you've served me. I know that this book will serve any mom, any woman, any man, any person who reads this book is going to be served because you're simply opening up God's word, introducing the Holy Spirit, the way that he introduces himself. And it's accessible, but not in like a dumbed down sort of way. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's so good. And it's been really a gift to me. So thank thank you you so much for talking to me and thank Thank you you. for this book. It's been great to connect. Thank you so much. It was so fun being with you today. Yeah, it was. Thanks for listening to The Real Mom Podcast. You can find us in all the places, realmompodcast.com for our landing page, where we'll connect you to the guests and all the links and info from this episode. On Facebook, search Real Mom Podcast, and on Instagram, at Real Mom Podcast. 
Thanks for listening. This praise is to my king. You are the light.